It can be interesting and revealing to look back at the history of the NFL and see just how much things have changed. This week's Packers-Rams game is the perfect opportunity to do just that. The Packers and Rams have only played three times since the Packers won Super Bowl 45, but given the two teams' history together, we should view this stretch as more of an exception rather than the rule. Historically speaking, these are two very familiar teams. Since 1940, the Packers and Rams have played 88 times. For comparison's sake, the Packers and Vikings have only played 116 times, and they've been divisional opponents for more than a generation. In the early days of the Packers-Rams rivalry, when both teams were part of the Western Division of the NFL, it wasn't at all uncommon for the Packers and Rams to meet two or even three times in a season. The Rams were at times dominant during that period, too. From 1948 through 1959, the Packers and Rams played 24 times, and the Rams won 20 of those games, including 12 in a row at one stretch. In a different period, from 1967 through 1973, the Packers played the Rams seven times, and they won only once. But that one game was hugely important. It happened on December 23rd, 1967. Historically literate Packer fans should recognize that date because it's just a week before the Packers faced the Dallas Cowboys in a game that would become known as the Ice Bowl. Had the Packers not taken care of business that day against the Rams, there would have been no legendary game at Lambeau Field, no second Super Bowl for Vince Lombardi, and no third straight championship for the Packers. It's just a reminder of how close these teams used to be and how much their games used to mean. Sure, this week does feature an undefeated Los Angeles squad and a Packers team looking to get back on their feet after a slow start and a bye week, but it's nothing compared to how things used to be. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to our special preview episode of Blue 58. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Here are five things to think about during Sunday's game. Number one, the Rams have a well-earned reputation for big plays, but the Packers should be right there with them. Aaron Rodgers currently leads the league in passes of 50 yards or more. He has six to his name so far this year. Jared Goff is just two behind Rodgers with four, but he'll likely be without one of his big play targets on Sunday. Cooper Cup has caught two of those four passes of 50-plus yards but he is doubtful for Sunday. Number two, speaking of Goff, he's a much better quarterback than other Rams signal callers who have faced the Packers over the last few years. Since 2011, the Packers defense has allowed a passer rating of just 79.8 in 18 games against NFC West quarterbacks. That mark is the lowest passer rating the defense allows against NFC divisions uh, across the board, and it's almost five points lower than the next closest division, the NFC North. But those numbers, in part, have come against three games, have come in three games that featured Rams quarterbacks that were a little bit subpar. Nick Foles and Sam Bradford, to be precise, both of those guys more or less languished in St. Louis. Number three, the Packers' running game has gotten a lot of attention during the bye week. Mike McCarthy says the need to run the ball was one of their significant takeaways of the Packers' self-scout over the bye. History shows that could be a good idea, too. The Packers are 25-3 and with Aaron Rodgers under center when they run the ball on 50% or more of their offensive plays. From the start of the 2016 season onward, though, the Packers have run the ball on more plays than they've passed, just three times with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. It happened in 2016 twice, week three versus the Lions and week 14 versus the Seahawks, and then in 2017 in week five against the Dallas Cowboys. All three of those games 
by the way, or Packers wins. Number four, the Packers defense has its work cut out for it this week, but things make it easier as the rest of the season goes on. Between now and the end of the year, the Packers will play four of the current seven worst defenses, worst offenses, excuse me, in the NFL. But even so far, the Packers defense has done one thing pretty well. They've forced a lot of three and outs. 26.8%, in fact, of opposing drives have ended in a three and out so far this year. That's third best in the league. Number five, slowing down the Rams offense may come down to stopping Todd Gurley, which is far easier said than done for a lot of teams so far this year. Everybody knows that Gurley is good, but you may not realize just how much of a statistical monster he's been. He leads the league in at least seven offensive categories, including rushing attempts, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, rushing yards per game, points scored, total touchdowns, and total yards from scrimmage. Not a bad effort from a guy who was averaging 3.2 yards per carry just two years ago. That's what Jeff Fisher will do to a guy. So who could be an X-factor this week? Well, Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb would both factor as X-factors into this game. They're back and expected to play this week and not a moment too soon. The Rams have a good pass defense, but they're weak in a couple key areas. According to Football Outsiders, the Rams have a top 10 pass defense against number one receivers, tight ends, and running backs, but they're just 17th against number two receivers and 24th against all others. If there ever was an opportunity for somebody not named Devontae Adams or Jimmy Graham to have a big day, this could be it. So what happened the last time the Packers and Rams played? Well, the Packers last met the Rams in 2015 in the midst of what could be or what came to be a misleading hot start to their season. This game may have been a sign of the offensive slog to come. The Packers won 24-10, but they did not look good doing it. Aaron Rodgers threw for 241 yards and two touchdowns, but he also threw two interceptions in one of only six multi-interception games he's had in the past five years. He also ran for 39 yards and ended up as the team's leading rusher on the day. Eddie Lacy had a bad afternoon. He only managed 27 yards on 13 carries. James Starks ran for 17 on five attempts. Quentin Rollins did have one of the few highlights of his short Packers career, returning an interception 41 yards for a touchdown. The last time the Packers played the Los Angeles Rams was in 1994. They beat the Rams 24-17 at Lambeau Field that day. Pre-MVP Brett Favre threw for 222 yards on 41 attempts. It was a different era. Robert Brooks also returned a punt 85 yards for a touchdown, and Reggie White had two sacks. So who's going to win this time around? Well, The Rams are not an unstoppable juggernaut. The Vikings, the Seahawks, and the Broncos have all played them pretty close this year. There are very plausible scenarios in which the Packers play well and win this game. But given what we've seen so far this season, what's the more likely outcome? Well, for the Packers to win, they're going to have to play a complete high-level game on both sides of the ball, something they've not done at all really this year or shown themselves capable of doing even. The Rams may not be unstoppable, but they're at least consistent. And the Washington Redskins and Detroit Lions both showed that you can beat the Packers through consistent, steady effort and avoiding mistakes. Neither of those teams is as good as the Rams, which is why I feel comfortable picking Los Angeles to come out on top, 33-17. to What do you say, though? Well, most voters in our poll this week are not feeling super confident either. 45% of voters rated their confidence at a 1 out of 4 that the Packers would win this week, by far the lowest total of the season. In general, people are a bit down on the Packers after the bye week as well. Positive feelings about the team went down pretty much across the board. Other than Mike Pettin, 
every Packers figure we track in our poll saw their approval rating drop. Mike McCarthy saw the biggest hit, though. Just 28% of voters in our poll reported somewhat or very positive feelings about the head coach. That is his second lowest number of the year. People also don't think it's super likely the Packers will make a trade before next week's trade deadline. Only 36% of voters believe the Packers will make a move. One last thought. You can't hardly go a week without hearing someone pining for Jordy Nelson. And while I still believe it was and is the right move to move on, I think there is one area where he could still have been a big help this season. Broken plays. Everybody knows that Aaron Rodgers likes to freelance and sort of make up an offense as he goes along. And Nelson was great for that. He knew what Rodgers was thinking. Rodgers knew where to find him. And with the passing game looking a little bit disjointed at times, I wonder if Nelson could have helped with that. But here's the thing. I'm not sure having that security blanket is a good thing for the Packers or for Rodgers. In the long term, this season and beyond, it's better that Rodgers and the Packers develop multiple receiving options. We've already seen how dangerous the offense can be with Rodgers hitting diverse targets throughout the offense and all over the field. If taking away the easy options helps both Rodgers and his young receivers get into a new groove, a deeper groove, so much the better for the rest of this season and into next. Those are my thoughts. We'll see how the Packers play out this Sunday against the Rams. It'll be a tough one. I'm not convinced the Packers can come out on top in this one as I pick the Rams to win, obviously, but we'll see. That's why they play the games. What do you think? Let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, and we will talk to you after the game on Monday. Check back here for another episode of Blue 58. Blue 58! 